I've seen this with myself over and over, but also, you know, with people I work with, we're so good at deceiving ourselves about what's really at the heart of the issue. We're very good at this. Spirituality gets a lot of side eye these days, and admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Hello, Not That Crazy fam. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the show. I feel like I don't have a whole lot of preamble for you today, so just going to jump right into announcements. So the only one I've got for you today is if you've listened to the past couple of weeks, you will have heard about this, but it is Immerse, my three-week human design crash course, which is so much fun, taking all of the lingo, or maybe not all of it, but <laughs> stripping down a lot of the lingo and a lot of the woo from human design and really allowing you to tap into the benefits and the amazing tools that it provides, the deconditioning, all the things without giving you too much of the fluff and with lots of time to make sure it makes sense for you and your life and how to actually apply it and what it feels like and looks like to embody it, all the things. So it is, like I said, lots of fun. It is three weeks. And if you are interested, come hang out on Instagram, send me a DM. Um, You can sign up for it. There's a link in my bio, all the things. So yeah, if you are ready for that, come jump in. Let's play. Like I said, not a whole lot of preamble today. (laughs) So let's just dive right into what I actually want to talk about today. Something that I've been thinking quite a bit about lately and have been kind of talking about it a little bit on Instagram too, or a little bit more on Instagram, I'll say. Um, And it's this kind of ever-evolving understanding I have of how deeply interconnected we are as beings, like all these different aspects of the human being that we are, or human beings, I guess. It's kind of the physical, you know, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, all of these things, they're really tightly interwoven. And it's just like, like I said, this deepening understanding of how they really deeply impact one another, often in ways that we don't expect. This process of getting to this level of understanding, it has been tons of trial and error and education and learnings and experience and all the things, like many times over the course of the past, I don't know, many years at this point, thinking I'd found like the thing that was going to solve all my issues, right? And being completely wrong, which life of a third line, we just iterate and learn and it's all good. But it's, you know, having to search for other solutions, it's constantly evolving in my understanding of not only myself, but also the way to really, you know, optimize the way I feel in my life. And I'll even say to that end, it's a process of getting honest about what those, you know, quote unquote problems really were and are <laughs> because I've seen this with myself over and over, but also, you know, with people I work with, it's the fact that we're so good at deceiving ourselves about what's really at the heart of the issue. We're very good at this. We have an ego that loves to do this for us. So I'm going to touch on all that a little bit today to hopefully get you thinking about, you know, what opens up for you on the other side of 
this. <laughs> and so I first want to share with you a little image that kind of came up for me this morning as I was setting up to record and thinking through all this stuff. So I legit don't know why this popped into my head, but it was this image of a little ninja with a sword. I don't want to call it a samurai sword. I don't know what the proper terminology for ninja swords is, but this little ninja cutting down all this like bullshit, for lack of a better word, that's getting thrown at it, like almost like Fruit Ninja, um, if you know that game. And so this bullshit that this little ninja is cutting through is both what life throws at you, you know, people and situations and things that kind of take up time and energy, but it's also, you know, your own bullshit that does the same. And <laughs> I've been confronting a lot of my own bullshit lately, so I think this is why um, this might be so top of mind for me. But the bullshit, it could be any aspect, right? Or it could involve any aspect. It could be, you know, triggers that other people, you know, or a situation kind of brings up for you. It could be limiting beliefs. So, you know, mental bullshit, if you will. It could be physical stuff that you're kind of quote unquote managing um, symptoms, you know, like bloating or things that we kind of write off because they're just quote unquote normal, even though they're not normal. I digress. <laughs> it could also be emotional stuff that you don't want to deal with, right? Because emotions, we're kind of not big fans of those, <laughs> I'll say on the whole. So the opposite to this, you know, cutting through this little ninja would be catching and holding on to the bullshit, the stuff that gets thrown at us either by ourselves or by other people or situations or whatever, which I think a lot of us very unintentionally do this. We kind of hold on to a lot of stuff that we don't need to. And what ends up happening is we spend a lot of time and energy just kind of managing it rather than, you know, finding a way to kind of navigate it and move past it. And both approaches really do require some time and energy investment, right? Like with the ninja idea, it takes time to master the craft of using the sword and all the things. So it may feel, you know, quote unquote hard or perhaps more energy and time intensive at the beginning than what we've already been doing. But I see the difference being it's a more concentrated time and energy investment at the beginning to like master the tools than a constant strain on the resources. Right. Like when I think of the concept of just quote unquote managing things, I kind of see like the first image that comes to mind is this clenched fist idea. You're just like clenching and clenching and holding on rather than finding a way to like let go and let it relax. And or, you know, actually, I like this visual a little bit better along the lines of just kind of holding on to things. So imagine you're just holding on to a bunch of dishes. Let's just say they're dirty dishes because I kind of think that goes better with the visual. So instead of going to just wash the dishes and put them away, you're kind of just taking them with you and maybe you're stacking more on top. Maybe you do get rid of one or two every now and again, but you know, mostly you're just carrying these dishes around with you. And it's probably going to be kind of inconvenient to be constantly carrying around dishes. Uh, you're probably going to get tired of carrying them around, right? Like more so, of course, the more dishes that are piled on, but even carrying a couple will get inconvenient at least to some degree, right? Which leads me to a few questions to ponder around this. Who do you get to be and what do you get to create for yourself when you're no longer wasting time and energy just managing the bullshit? 
Like, on the other side of the bullshit, when you get all this time and energy back, who are you? (laughs) I mean, you're ninja. JK, but kind of. But, like, that really is part of it. There's a different version of you that exists on the other side of these things that you're just managing or holding on to. So whatever is in your life that you're kind of hanging on to that you don't need to, whether it's something like disconnection or lack of purpose or, you know, secret shame or even something like bloating, right, which might seem kind of light, even silly compared to the other ones I mentioned, but there truly is a different version of you when you're not bloated versus when you are. Anyway, I digress. So who are you on the other side of all these things? And I think it's important too to kind of suspend the belief for a moment that you just have to kind of deal with these things or just manage them. I think with this kind of normalization of a lot of these things that society has kind of, I don't know if acquired is the right word, but we have normalized a lot of things that aren't really normal. And so if you kind of suspend the belief that these things are normal, if they get to become blips on the radar instead of things that are really time and energy intensive that you have to carry, then how do you get to feel and what do you get to create once you open that space back up? And I mean, we all have these things. Like, it's just the difference between shoving them down and kind of not looking at them so we can, quote unquote, better manage them versus learning how to navigate them more quickly and efficiently with these different tools. And In order to do that, we also have to really understand what's actually going on, which leads me back to aspects of ourselves being more closely intertwined than we often realize. This interconnectedness idea, these seemingly, you know, disparate parts of you that are actually way more closely intertwined than is often understood. I want to start by breaking down the problem that occurs when we're not tapped into that fact. So There is a tendency to look for the solution in the same area that the problem or, you know, the symptom, if you will, occurs. So if you have trouble, for example, with a negative thought loop, the instinct is going to be to focus on the mind and try to find a mindset solution to change that narrative. But the reality is that the answer could be stemming from something other than your mind or being enhanced by something that's going on elsewhere in the body that's not just the mind, right? Perhaps it's the mind and these additional aspects that are at play. And I think an easy place to like or go to to illustrate this is the medical system. You know, I think we learned a lot of this behavior from the medical system that we grew up in, uh, perhaps different ways as well. But I think maybe this is just because this is where I started down all this path years ago, I think it's a really clear example. So the conventional medical system or the Western system, uh, whatever you'd like to call it, the one that most of us, I'm assuming, likely grew up with, maybe you didn't, and that's awesome. (laughs) But at least from where I'm sitting, most of the people I know. Anyway, so this model approaches everything really in isolation. So it's this idea of there's a specialist for everything. For example, if you have gut problems, right, you go to a gastroenterologist, so a GI specialist. If you have maybe autoimmune issues, then you go to a rheumatologist and so on and so forth. And, you know, I'll just make the side note here really quickly that I am absolutely not hating on Western medicine. I think it's incredible at what it is. It 
does. Um, it has its times and place and all the things. I'm also not saying that no Western doctors or specialists exist who take a more integrated approach. Um, just kind of speaking in generalities of the way the model itself kind of operates on the whole. And the contrast to this would be functional medicine or, you know, the integrative health model, whatever term you want to put on that. In contrast to the Western or the conventional system, which, you know, it's kind of one body system, one specialist sort of approach, this really treats the body as a system. And, and for many, you know, practitioners or approaches in the functional space, it's a step beyond that, right? It takes more than just your physical aspects, your organ systems, all the things into account. It takes your life into account. So instead of just saying, you know, in the gut problem example, like go to a GI specialist and look at your gut only, in the integrative model, we're going to be looking at your gut health for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where the symptom is occurring, right? But we're also going to be looking at, okay, how is this maybe being impacted by your stress or perhaps your diet or maybe your movement patterns or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you're struggling with your mental health, right? Like how is your gut functioning? Do you have community and connection in your life? Do you feel purposeful and excited? All the things, right? So it's a much broader lens that takes not only all of what's going on with the physical you, you know, your body systems, but also how you engage with your life into account. And, you know, again, quick side note, I'm not saying it's a perfect you know, system or a cure-all, not saying that every functional and integrated practitioner is the best ever, you know, again, just kind of generalizing the approach from that kind of wider zoomed out lens. So I think you can kind of see just by this comparison alone that, you know, one approach is a little more holistic in nature, takes a few more variables into account versus the other that's more focused on one specific variable at a time. And to illustrate this even further, I mean, if you've been around for a bit, if you know me and a little bit about my story, you'll know that functional medicine, as I kind of mentioned before, is where I started not just in my own healing journey, but also where I first landed in the health space in terms of education, right? It literally got me functional again. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. And I really thought at the time that I had found my silver bullet. I was like, functional medicine. This is it. This is the thing. I need to know this because it has helped me so much. I need to use it to help others heal. Like this is how I'm going to serve the world. And so, you know, I got my master's in it and the whole thing. And I will say that I do think it's absolutely important and absolutely foundational. And I'll kind of dig into this more in a different episode. But what I'll say for now is that it was not it. Like I started doing all the physical things and I made improvements, but I was still not like well and vibrant. And at, I mean, part of that journey was re me really coming to the conclusion that I will not settle for anything less than absolutely, you know, vibrant fucking health. Like, period. End of story. I, I get that. I deserve that. And just the physical stuff alone was not getting me there. So, you know, along the way, I kind of stumbled my way into some mindset work, you know, some limiting belief work. And again, I made more progress. But again, it wasn't it. Even the combination of the functional medicine plus the mindset work, all the things, I was still having lots of symptoms. And so, you know, again, stumbled on something else. I started getting into the woo and, you know, the meditation and the energy healing and all of that. And same thing here, right? Again, I made more progress. 
But then I kind of plateaued and it still wasn't it. And yet I had thought I found the thing yet again. And so at that point, I think it was probably, you know, five years or so into my healing journey. I was so much better, like night and day different from where I started, but I was still having these few lingering symptoms that I could not shake. It was, you know, low-grade inflammation. I was feeling super puffy, like most of the time, which is kind of uncomfortable. I was still having to sleep so much and dealing with fatigue. My bedtime (laughs) ritual routine was not very flexible, and I just laugh at myself a little bit looking back. But anyway, I also had these autoimmune antibody levels that would just not budge despite all the supplements and all of the things and more supplements and, you know, higher dosages and all the things like, you know, things like that. So at this point, I was like, what the actual fuck, right? Like I love and believe in all of these things, the, you know, mindset work and the energy work and, and the functional medicine so much so that I'm now, you know, trained and certified in a bunch of them. But I'm also getting kind of burnt out because I'm doing all the the shit. I'm taking all the supplements. I'm changing my diet and my movement and my thought patterns and, you know, my energy. And and I cannot break past this plateau. Like whatever I do, I just cannot seem to make these symptoms go away. And so fast forwarding until now, I'm going to skip over some of it for now. But my ANA levels at this point are absolutely normal. My inflammation is gone, you know, might crop up for a day, you know, every now and again, but on the whole, not an issue anymore. I'm physically so much more resilient than I've been in years. So, you know, I think you get the point and and what changed, right? Like what was the missing piece that finally got me to this point where all of these lingering symptoms went away? And I feel like some of you are not going to want to believe that this is the missing piece, but it was quite literally finally listening to my intuition, to that inner voice that was always trying to talk to me and and guide me in certain directions that I never was listening to. It was finally trusting, you know, another way of saying it, my authority in human design, which you can listen back to earlier episodes for more on authority, but Quite literally, it was starting to pay attention to that biofeedback from my environment that was the final missing piece and that little voice inside of me that was trying to guide me based on that biofeedback. I'm going to do a whole episode probably soon on the arc of that decision, you know, that specific kind of moment when I figured out that this alignment thing really mattered a lot more than I thought it did. So not going to dig into that too much more in this episode, but I did want to highlight all of that to show you, you know, using my own life and my own journey as an example, how deeply connected it all is. Your physical body, your mind, your emotions, and this idea of biofeedback between you and your environment, you and the people around uh, you, you know, this energy exchange that's always happening moment to moment between the people and places and things and you. It's all so intertwined and it all matters because it's all happening within the frame of your body. And kind of back to that weather station idea that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it's like your body on all of these different levels is this incredibly complex and finely calibrated instrument that it really allows you this consciousness to ride around the planet and do this life thing, which I think is kind of a funny 
visual. It amuses me anyway. But, you know, this body vehicle is so sensitive and it's so well attuned to everything, you know, including physical inputs like food, but it's also attuned to your thoughts and it's attuned to your memories and how those memories make you feel. And it's attuned to your future projections and, you know, even the energy of a room you walk into. Like, I think this is such a great example because I'm pretty sure we've all experienced this at some point. It's like when you walk into a room where people were just fighting, like really serious argument, and you kind of walk in and you literally almost feel the energy hit you. And you're like, oh, like what happened in here? Don't love this. Kind of want to leave, right? That's, again, like I, I said, a really clear, I think, example of you trading that energetic feedback, you know, with your life. And you're doing this with your whole life, even within yourself, right, on all these different levels. Like I said before, I think you're literally feeling into your life. You're feeling into the way you're nourishing yourself. You're feeling into your relationships and your environment and your thought space. And so if something feels off in any one of those areas, right, it's a sign that something needs to change. And we so often write these things off, right? Like, oh, I don't feel enthused about my job. Nah, nobody does. It's just a job. Or, you know, oh, I'm feeling anxious a little of the time, maybe a lot of the time. Like, that's just life. There's a lot going on. We're just anxious. It is what it is, right? This idea of managing, you're just kind of holding on to it. But if you choose instead not to write it off like that, if you choose something that I always love to bring up <laughs> to get curious and investigate, right? If you choose to believe that the way you get to live is vibrant and full of purpose and full of vitality and love and all the things, you know, we want to be feeling, then it just becomes a question of what lever do I need to press to remove this pressure? Because when I remove the pressure, the symptom gets to go away. It's like, what tool do I need to pull out of my toolbox to tune up this body vehicle that I'm in so that I actually feel the way that I want to feel every day? And, you know, like I alluded to in the beginning of the episode, we really need to make sure the toolbox includes tools that support us in all of these different areas because the causes of the feedback we receive aren't always so direct. Like if I'm feeling anxious, for instance, that may just be because I'm spinning a story in my head about a situation. So again, this like mental fuckery idea, a mindset issue. So we use the mindset tools. But it gets a little more complicated because the story then creates a feeling in my body. And, you know, if I'm feeling that in my body and I'm, I'm aware of this kind of mental conversation that's happening, that's already not just an issue of the mind alone. It has this somatic component to it because I'm experiencing this sensation in my body that I would label as anxiety based on this story, right? And so the feeling in my body might create even more stories in my mind. So it's now this like loop of story, sensation, story, sensation, right? That just kind of keeps spinning around itself. And it could even be contributed to because, you know, perhaps your gut is really imbalanced. So you're more prone to these negative thought loops, right? If your brain is not happy, if you're having gut issues, or perhaps you're not eating in a way that supports a healthy brain, you know, these physical inputs, 
the the physiological level, right? The mind is going to be more primed towards these thought loops that we don't maybe want to be having, which can, again, lead to those more anxious sensations. And you're kind of starting to see, I think, how convoluted this can all become. It's not always as straightforward and simple as it's a thought. Let's approach it with the mindset tools, right? So when you have all the tools in your toolbox to support all these different aspects of yourself, when you know how to bring yourself back into homeostasis, you open up so much more space and energy to create. Think of like unclenching that fist, right? You literally relax so much just by unclenching that fist. It really does let you be in control of how you feel, not just emotionally. I think when we think of feelings, often we just kind of link them to emotions, but it's also mentally, how we feel physically, how we feel energetically. So you're no longer being like tugged on by all of these things that are kind of taking you off track and taking up your time and your energy. And when you are in control of how you feel, you get to become this incredible architect for your life. And like, I, I totally get it. The idea of bringing yourself to neutral or, you know, back to your set point or to homeostasis, like none of this is really sexy or fun. But just like think about it. If you're no longer wasting all of that time and energy worrying about how things are going in your life or hiding from parts of yourself or being angry at your body for not working or looking the way you want it to. You know, there's so many ways that this could play out. But the point is, when you're not spending all that time and energy on all that stuff, you, you're you free, or I guess it's free, you know, the time and energy that you as the being have, it's free to create exactly what you do want. And I don't know. I kind of see it like the idea of, you know, I like me, so you're like is extra, right? So if you already feel free, not only do you notice more freedom, but you also create more freedom, right? If you already feel successful, not only do you notice more success, but you also create more success. And so getting yourself to that neutral point is the first step in order to then create all of these things. And you know, like I've probably hammered home a million times in this episode, like the easiest way there is to work with all of you to calibrate all of those pieces of your body instrument so that you have all of that time and energy and space to create and to devote the energy on what you're intending, you know, to create or what you're working towards, all the things. So hopefully all of that has gotten you thinking a little bit about you know, maybe where you're just managing things instead of allowing and, and finding that neutral point and, and maybe what happens when you do get to free up all that time and energy, you know, what gets to happen on the other side, who you get to become and what you get to create out of your life. Um, I hope all of this has got you thinking, like I said. So I think I will leave that there. I think you have plenty to ponder on the topic. And it is time for what the fuck am I doing? This week's What the Fuck Am I Doing is actually inspired by, or it was, I was reminded of it, I guess, during a podcast interview that I was doing earlier this week. (laughs) So there's kind of two parts to this. So I was talking with this guest who you'll hear from in a few short weeks, I believe, or maybe even one week. Anyway, I digress. We, a long time ago, were talking about this experience that she was having on a mushroom trip that was like her really 
leaning into or recognizing perhaps, and I think this is so beautiful with the fact that I just talked about the interconnectedness of things, but she was on mushrooms walking her dog with her husband, like looking at everything, looking at the dog, looking at the husband, looking at trees and grass and like all of the things, right? And being like, I am you and you are me and I am the tree and I am the grass. Like it's just one of the things that happens on mushrooms. You just feel connected to things. (laughs) So she was sharing me this experience from her mushroom trip. And then I was like, holy shit, this is so funny because it literally just happens to me in everyday life, like completely not on psychedelics. I remember this one specific time driving down Montana Avenue in Santa Monica. Don't know where I was going, probably to get a smoothie, who knows. But I was driving down the street and listening to a song. And it's just one of those times when you like literally feel the music in you and like you are the music. And then I was just kind of like, observing things that were passing by outside the window as I was driving and I remember just feeling like oh my god I am everything I am everyone we are all the same I looked at this one like I think it was bald dude that was like walking on the street and I was like oh my god I am this man um (laughs) probably sound a little bananas but it's okay it's happened to me actually quite a lot um over the past I don't know few years months all the all the things I feel like it's just kind of a background awareness that I have that we're all kind of one and we're just different aspects of you know the universe if you will presenting in different forms but it was just really funny and I thought about it (laughs) when we were having this conversation just I don't know what the fuck am I doing literally walking around stone cold sober just feeling like I am all the things anyway (laughs) so That actually brings me to my musing of the week, which is something that I've kind of felt since I was very young. And tell me if this is just totally bonkers or actually tell me if you have also felt this way. I think that (laughs) that one's even better. But I have always felt really, really deeply connected to things, even things that are not living. Like, I think it's one thing to feel connected to, like, your pets or your family or your friends and all the things. Like, okay, they're living. They can give you response back. Cool. But I've always felt really connected to, like, my car, for instance. Like, it was really sad when I had to give up my car, uh, even though it was a absolute piece of shit and could barely make it from point A to point B. Um, I have felt really weirdly connected to, like, my Kindle. Just, like, random shit all the time. Like, yeah, stuffed animals, too. I mean, that makes a little more sense that we can personify them, but yeah, just like everything, random inanimate objects. I feel like maybe that's weird, but I feel like maybe you also feel me. So (laughs) just something again to ponder for you and let me know if you feel the same. That is it for me. I will stop there. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please consider you know sharing or subscribing, rating, reviewing, all the things. As always, if you review the show and send me a screenshot before you submit, you will get access to my super secret, exciting, not that crazy playlist, which gets updated all the time for you. Lots of fun. Just my little gift to thank you for supporting me and supporting the show. And yeah. Have an excellent rest of your day. I'll see you here next week for another episode. Bye.